You're listening to the Jesus Habit Podcast, where we use scripture and science to make your new nature in Christ second nature. Episode 129, where we talk about the people you need to surround yourself with and the people you need to look out for on your transformation journey. Welcome back. Hey, we're back with another episode of the Jesus Habit Podcast. Season three, we are talking about the, the structure and strategy, the, uh, you know, the process, the system, the theory, you know, behind the Jesus Habit, you know, behind transformation. We're, we're looking at the things that, that actually affect our ability to change. You know, we've, we've talked already throughout this podcast. A lot of it can't recap all the episodes. Now you have to go back, listen to the other episodes in season three to get caught up. But um, we've talked a lot of how you, know, you want to change. A lot of people want to change. But where we fail to change is we, th- we, we think it's as simple as just deciding uh, that we want to change and going with it. But but truth is, there are very few people on the planet who are able to just decide that they want to change and then actually carry out that change. Now, if you want some more reading, interesting reading on that idea, I would encourage you to check out The Four Tendencies by Gretchen Rubin. And uh, there are there's a group that she identifies as upholders who, who are just those people that if something is the right thing to do, they just do it, no, no questions asked. But most people aren't like that. They're a smaller group of people. So, you know, if you want to change, there's a lot more to it. There's a, there's a whole lot behind the scenes that has to happen to set us up to succeed when it comes to changing. And so that's what we've been talking about this season. And, and last week we talked about the story that you're telling yourself and that how the story you're telling yourself is what's, you know, what's undermining your ability to change. So definitely go back and listen to that episode. I'm not going to get into that today. Today I want to talk about you know part two or, or kind of the the other underlying thing. We've talked briefly about this when it, when we talked about the community. Remember the three C's: the the content, the community, and the context are the three core components you have to get lined up in your life if you want to change. So we talked a little bit about this when we talked about community, but I'm going to spend this whole episode talking about. Uh, how how the people around us affect us, and and we don't actually have to go very far to get a good understanding of this because we have all been influenced by someone in our lives. You you can look back over your life, and you can see how somebody you know you, when somebody entered your life that that had for whatever reason had more influence over you than than other people. You can look back and you can see how you've changed. You you start hanging out with somebody and, you, and with, within a short period of time, you start adopting mannerisms uh, from that person. You start, you start adopting phrases and slang and, and you get inside jokes and you know, all kinds of things. You start to be influenced by the people you spend time with. And, and this, I believe, is by God's design. You know, the more science uncovers about how the brain works, the more I, I, it's easier, for, easier and easier for me to see that God designed us for community. And in fact, the first thing that God said was not good was isolation. He said, it's not good for man to be alone. So he created a helper for Adam in the garden and, and created Eve. So the first thing that was not good was to be alone. So, so we don't really change in isolation. We're designed by God to be in community. And that community affects us either for the good or for the bad. 
who we are around affects us. Now, now you've heard it said, a lot of people have said, you become like the five people you spend the most time with. You know, you know show me your, your list of you know, five people you spend the most time with, and that's who I can tell you what you're going to be like or who, who you are like, and you can start to see that. That's definitely true. But, but when it comes to transformation, when it comes to the idea of, of wanting to change intentionally, If we don't look at the people that we spend time with, it's going to be challenging for us to change the way we want to change, right? So we we can see in our own personal lives how we have changed as a result of spending time with people. You know, you can look back at, you know, just the influence of, of, you know, the connections you have, you know, how, how many connections you have around a certain viewpoint will often determine your, your own viewpoint. So... You know, let's let's use a a non-political example like sports, and I know I know that can get political pretty quick, and people have strong opinions about sports. But um, if you are if you are a um, Cincinnati Bengals fan like myself, you grew up grew up rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals. You you had some highlights, you know, some great experiences when you were younger. They made it to the Super Bowl and got defeated by Joe Montana. He's the villain in my story. But you know, you grow up rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals, but then you move out of the area like I did. I moved out of Ohio into the Pacific Northwest, and the team in the Pacific Northwest is the Seattle Seahawks. So you know, you could see how it would be hard for me to continue rooting for the Cincinnati Bengals when I'm not surrounded by a lot of Bengals fans. Now I'm surrounded by Seahawks fans and 49ers fans. Well, I'm never going to be a 49ers fan because of Joe Montana and what he did to my team in that Super Bowl. That's never going to happen. So that leaves me the Seattle Seahawks. And there are a lot of Seattle Seahawks fans around me. So so over the years, I've started more and more to, to start to root more and more for the Seahawks. I'm still not a huge fan, but I'm becoming more and more of a fan. That's because there's what, what, what uh, Joseph Grinney calls social motivation. I am motivated by my, my social connections to, to root for the Seahawks more than I'm motivated by my social connections to root for the Cincinnati Bengals. I do still have some social connections through social media that, that kind of feed that idea of rooting for the Bengals, but I have far more social connections that, that push me towards rooting for the Seahawks. So I've become more and more of a Seahawks fan, and I'm intentionally trying to become a Seahawks fan because the Bengals are abysmal and it would be nice to root for a team that wins once in a while. And we live in the Northwest, so I might as well, for my kids' sake, learn to root for the Seahawks. So that's what I'm trying to do. But it's easier to do that than it, than it would be if I were trying to become a, you know, a Rams fan. If I were trying to become a Rams fan, that would be incredibly difficult because no one here likes the Rams. Whether you're a 49ers fan or a Seahawks fan, no one here likes the Rams. There's one person I know, uh, a family member, likes the Rams. But in general, most people here don't like the Rams. And if I were trying to like the Rams, it would become really difficult for me to do that because there's not enough social motivation for me to do that. And, and you look at our society, social motivation is played, has played, and is playing an incredibly enormous role in why we are the way we are right now. Like the why our country is the way the the why of why our country is the way that it is is because of social motivation. Influencers have harnessed the power 
of social motivation in order to get more and more people to line up with their way of thinking. And as a result, we have more and more people more entrenched in their views. We have less flexibility to open our minds to what someone else might think. And we fight with one another till we're blue in the face until we're no longer able to have a calm, rational discussion about an idea. That's social motivation working. So if we're going to change, now bringing, bringing that back to our idea of transformation, if we want to really change, be transformed people, we have to figure out how to make social motivation work for us, not against us. So if I want to be a Seahawks fan, but everyone around me is a Rams fan or a 49ers fan, I'm going to have to get around some Seahawks fans to, to help you know, bolster my, my rooting and my support for the Seahawks. Otherwise, I'm going to fail. So I have to start to, what, what, what uh, Grinny says, you have to harness the power of peer pressure. We tend to think of peer pressure as a negative thing, but, but if you harness the power of it, it can actually become an incredibly positive thing when you're wanting to change. So what we do is instead of letting peer pressure work against us to keep us stuck down where we don't want to be, we have to harness the power of peer pressure. It means we might have to start hanging around some different people. So if you, like, like me, if you're, if you're interested in, by the way, I'm, I'm planning on using myself as, as an experiment once we get all the way through this, taking myself through all this process to show you that it does work because I know it does. Where was I? Where was, why do I do that? I, you know, get, get sidetracked all the time and, uh, and go off and on a tangent and then I forget where I was. But uh, Grinny talks about harnessing the power of peer pressure and if we want to really change, we have to surround ourselves with people who want to change. So if, like me, I want to lose weight. I want to be a healthier person. I'm not really, I'm not terribly interested in losing weight. That's not the motivation. I want to be healthy. That's my goal is to be healthy. Then I need to surround myself with some people who are healthier people. I need to change the social construct of my world to support the, the, the new direction I want to go. So I have, to, I have to harness the power of peer pressure and, and an incredible idea that they, that they show an example of in the book Influencer um, is, is the idea of 200% accountability. Now, this is a challenging concept. It's not challenging to understand. It's challenging to live out. So in um, the Other Side Academy, they talk about in the book at the Other Side Academy, when people are you know people come to the Other Side Academy, it's a great story by the way. You should read the read the book just to read the story about the people in the Other Side Academy. It's it's incredible. Um, but the Other Side Academy harnesses the power of peer pressure and two hundred percent accountability. These are ex convicts that that the judge allows to come into this program to get rehabilitated and put back into society as functioning individuals. And from the moment they come in the door, someone else in the house, someone else in, in the group is, is 100% responsible for the actions of that person. And then within a short time, probably within a week, that person becomes 100% responsible for another person that comes in. So you have 200% accountability. You're responsible for yourself and you're responsible for someone else. You become entirely responsible, accountable to someone else. You know, you talk about raising the stakes. Now, all of a sudden, you know, if it's on you, whether or not this person, this brand new person who who has a habit, who has a, a track record of stealing and getting caught for stealing and thrown into prison for stealing, now they're now you're responsible for them. 
And, and if something happens to them, you're the one that's going to receive the consequences of it. Now you're talking about being really invested in someone else's transformation. <laughs> right? I mean, think about it. You're, you would be... If, if if your if your outcome is contingent on someone else, then then you're really invested in helping that person change and learn the the ropes and do the do the right things and avoid the wrong things, so that you don't have to deal with the consequences of their behavior. But this all is just a part of this idea of social motiv- motivation. Social motivation is is your community. Are the people around you motivating you in the right direction? Or are they, or or are they? And and now uh, some of this you're not going to be able to change. You have your family members, and your family members may or may not want to join you in this pursuit of change. And, and we can't force people to want to change. That's what we talked about last week. You have to want to change. If you don't want to change, there's no point in even starting this process. So if someone in your house doesn't want to change, you can't force them to change. You're going to have to you know learn how to deal with that and not let that influence you. But we have to surround ourselves with people. And and I I think the system requires. I think we have to become accountable for other people. I think that's scriptural. You know, that's what G, that's what uh, Paul said when he's talking to the New Testament church. He said you have to carry one another's burdens. Every man's responsible to carry their own burdens and carry one another's burdens. That's two hundred percent accountability right there in scripture. So we're talking about in this podcast using scripture and science to make our new nature in Christ second nature. Scripture supports this idea of two hundred percent accountability. We carry one another's burdens as well as carrying our own burdens. Now, so so we have to surround ourselves with with the sources that will that will help us go in the right direction, but that's not it. We also have to pick intentionally some people to be around us. Now, I've got a worksheet for this. It's it's based on what I learned in the book. It's called the Friends and Accomplices Worksheet, and uh, so so there are some people in your life who may be friends. And they're going to support you on this journey, but you might also have some accomplices who are going to help you stay stuck, and you're going to have to deal with them. You have to have a conversation with them that you want to change and that they can't hold you back anymore. Some of them, may once you have a conversation about that, may, may actually support the change. Some may, because they don't want to change, resist that, and you have to deal with that. But I've got three, I think, three incredibly important uh, people that you need to have in your life if you're going to change. You need a guide. And now this goes back to the story because we've been talking about how you have to tell yourself a new story. We have to, you know, we talked last week about, about how you're the protagonist and how you've got a villain and sometimes it's a problem, sometimes it's a person. So we talked a lot about the story of your life and how you got to tell yourself this new story. Well, you know, a lot of great stories have these three characters. They have a guide, a sidekick, and a squad. A guide, a sidekick, and a squad, right? So you think about uh, Lord of the Rings. There's a guide, there's a sidekick, and there's a squad, right? I'm not going to remember their names. You know, you've got the old guy, the wizard guy. He's the guide. You've got the sidekick, whoever uh, Frodo's sidekick is, I think Sam the Wise or something like that. You've got the sidekick, and then you've got the squad. You've got the rest of the group that goes on this journey, right? So if, if, you, if you want to you know, stack your your uh, stack the cards, start stack the deck in your favor. You're going to need a guide. You're going to need a sidekick. You're going to need a squad. You need you need someone who's who's been there, who's further ahead than you, who knows how to get you further down the road. That's your guide. You need a sidekick, someone who's going to be right next to you, close to you, enduring the struggle with you through this whole journey. That's the person you're going to talk to all the time, the person you're going to become incredibly acquainted with because they're going through the exact same struggles that you are. 
and you're going to need a squad, right? You're going to need you're going to need a group of people. You may not talk to them as much, but there's still a group of people who are joining you on this journey, supporting you, encouraging you, sharing their own struggles, sharing their own things that they're learning throughout this process, right? You have to create, you have to in, intentionally stack the deck around you so that you can uh, secure your ability to change. So you need a you need a guide, you need a sidekick, and you need a squad. And we should anticipate that along the way, we're going, we are going to face the antagonist, the tempter, and the skeptic, right? Just like any, like any good story. Any good story is going to have an, an, an antagonist, sometimes a villain, but, villain, but sometimes antagonists aren't villain. They're just, villains. They're, they're just people uh, who, who also get in the way of, of the goal, you know, the story goal. Well, your story goal is this change you want to pursue. You're going to have someone who's going to fight that. You're going to have a tempter, right? A lot of a lot of stories have have tempters who who come in and try to tempt you off of the journey to to take the ring for yourself. I mean, use the ring for your own benefit, for your own purposes. Don't 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 do what's right. Don't destroy the ring. You know, take the ring. It, it's good for you. And then then you have the skeptics who who will say that you can't do that. You're not going to succeed at that. I mean, who do you think you are? There's there's no way you can finish this journey. I mean, you have to go, you know, through the Valley of Mordor or whatever. You know, I'm trying to remember the story off the top of my head, but there's no way you. I mean, I mean, th- these these places are guarded by by huge, horrific, horrendous people. How are you going to get the ring into the into the lava or whatever? You get you get what I'm saying. So you're gonna have an antagonist, a tempter, and a skeptic. Sometimes it'll be one person. Sometimes it'll be a group of people. Think, uh, you know, of the TV shows where, where people are trying to, to, to stop smoking, you know, and they go out to, to spend time with their friends who are all still smokers. And, and they don't want to smoke, uh, but, you know, they're around people who are just kind of a whole group of people tempting them to smoke. The, the squad of, of the old life might be tempting them to, to come back into the old life. Like, come on, man. You, you know, it's so good. You know you like it. You know you want, you know. So... So you need a guide, you need a sidekick, and you need a squad. You need to be on the lookout for the antagonist, the person who's going to come against the plan, intentionally try to thwart your plan, the tempter, the person who's going to try to tempt you and lure you off the plan, and the skeptic, the one who doesn't believe that you can finish the plan. So kind of recap all of this. You know, you've got to harness the power of peer pressure if you want to change. You've got, to, you've got to become 200% accountable. By the way, that sidekick is where you're going to find that 200% accountability. You're going to be 100% responsible for yourself and 100% responsible for that person and vice versa. They're 100% responsible for themselves and 100% responsible for your success. So together, you are able to accomplish the goal. Together, you're going to walk, you're going to work one another towards success, right? So... So you got to harness the power of peer pressure, get that 200% accountability, and you've got to you got to find a guide, you got to find a sidekick, and you got to find your squad, and you have to be on the lookout for your antagonist, your tempter, and your skeptic. All right, so that should just about do it for this episode. I'd encourage you, especially go back and listen to last week's episode, episode 128. Uh, to, to that's where we really started getting into the nitty gritty of this process that that I'm trying to uh, share with you to help help you change. Start there, get into that one, and then come listen to this one again. And, and if you have any questions, send an email to david at thejesushabit.com. David, D-A-V-I-D, at thejesushabit.com. 
Com, spelled just like it should be spelled. And, uh, and I'll help you out if you have any questions or comments. And if you'd like the Friends and Accomplices worksheet that I talked about today, you can you can ask for that and I'll send it to you free of charge, absolutely free of charge. Or the you know the drifting future, desired future, you know, default desired like we talked about last week, I'll send those to you as well. But for now, I'm gonna wrap it up. Hope you have a great week. We'll see you back here next week for episode 130 where we're going to talk about structural motivation. Have a great week. www.thejesushabit.com